Welcome into the Ebony Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. This is coming to you via ebonybird.com and fansighted.com. Ebony Bird is the official Baltimore Ravens website of the Fansighted Network. Uh, we did a couple uh, pre- like preseason episodes over on my sports blog on Charm City Birdwatch, uh, but this is the first episode we are uploading to Blog Talk Radio on, on behalf of Fansighted. Uh, so... I'm your host, Jake McDonald. Again, I am jmcdonald95 on Twitter. Ebony Bird's Twitter handle is ebony underscore bird. And joining me tonight is uh, Ebony Bird's site expert, Chris Schistler. He is footballman58 on Twitter. So we have a lot to get into tonight. In this episode, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Ravens as they get set to face the Buffalo Bills in their third preseason game on Saturday night at MT Bank Stadium in downtown Baltimore. Uh, so with that being said, we have three topics we're going to discuss tonight. We're going to talk about some bubble players uh, that are on the outside looking in. We're going to get into the debate of whether or not uh, backup quarterback Josh Woodrums should get some more reps with the starters and ahead of Ryan Mallett because of how good Woodrums looked. Uh, and then we are going to get into uh, a topic whether or not defensive stats matter in the preseason. So Chris, real quickly before we get started, uh, I'll, I'll start off by saying you know today was a good day because uh, I had my final day of my internship at WBAL in Baltimore. Um, I got to go as a, you know, kind of a end of the semester thing. I got to go to the Orioles game today and sit in the press box and take a ball game in. Uh, they ended up winning in 12 innings. I left after 10 because my producer had to get back to the station. Uh, but, but that wraps up a great uh, summer, of course, uh, along the lines of me going back to my senior year. Uh, but before we get started, uh, now that I've said how my day is going, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Uh, I just had a fantasy football draft. Um, I took the Ravens defense in the sixth round just to have the Ravens defense. It's actually worth it this year. Um, I had my day off. Um, By the way, I'm totally proud of you for doing your internship and getting some cool experience, and that's exactly what I should have done during college. So kudos to you. Keep that up. But I'm in a great mood. I'm ready, ready to get into some football and it's you know it's just a good day. I will say my my excitement was a little peppered uh, by the Dolphins preseason game. I thought it was sloppy. I thought the offense looked worse than it did the week before, and I was a little befuddled by the lack of excitement um, in the first couple quarters for the Ravens offense. I thought I wanted to see some semblance of hope, but I the defense looked good, but. So far, we've seen the same thing. So I'm doing good. Yeah, and before we uh, continue, our other slight expert, uh, Joe Schiller, who is uh, helping kids move into McDaniel College today, uh, he is, he is going to be joining us next week, not available this week. He is at Joe Schiller with two R's on Twitter. want to give a shout-out to him. He'll be uh, back with us next week. But I'll, uh, I'll be up front. I missed the Ravens' second preseason game because I was working. But I did, I did record it, and a- after I got home, I uh, watched, you know, I, I did skip through the commercials. I skipped through most of the second half, but I did watch most of the first half. And I kind of agree with what you said. The offense didn't look sharp as it did the week before, but uh, I think the defense looks solid. Uh, and with that being said, we have two more preseason games. The first one, as mentioned, coming up on Saturday night at 7 o'clock at MT Night Stadium against the Bills. Uh, our first topic, you know, coming off that Dolphins game, they have the Ravens have some extra days to get ready. Uh, they had seven days in between their first and second preseason games. They had the they have now nine days in between games this time, and they spent the weekend off. You know, they got uh, Monday off, and they spent um, Sunday down at the uh, nation's capital. And there's a really cool video of um, Keenan Reynolds, wide receiver on the team, who uh, of course spent you know time with uh, 
uh, as a Navy midshipman. There's a cool video of him uh, participating in one of the um, the, cer- the ceremonies of one of the fallen soldiers that I think everybody should check out on BaltimoreRavens.com or on Twitter. Very cool uh, to see that. And there's another uh, there's another quarterback on the team. I, his name uh, slips my mind off the top of my head right now. Uh, but we're going to move on to our uh, first topic uh, with some bubble players on the roster that have now two more preseason games. Uh, I want to get the, uh, the the place the, the 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 conversation started with quarterback Josh Woodrum. Um, he's a bubble player to me. I know he's played well in the preseason, but you know the Ravens have historically only gone on to a, into a season carrying two quarterbacks on their 53-man roster, and if Joe Flacco is back week one, I don't know if the Ravens are going to use a roster spot on a third quarterback because of their needs at so many other positions like running back. Uh, now with Denny Woodhead's injury, uh, offensive line's another one. Uh, they could also always use more depth at the cornerback position. So I don't know if they're going to keep another quarterback on the roster, but if Flacco's back injury lingers longer, as I keep alluding to in previous podcasts and in posts, and they have to roll with Ryan Mallett, they're going to need to... Uh, they're going to need to hold on to one of their backup quarterbacks. You know, they signed Thad Lewis. I think that could be, you know, an option once he gets learns the playbook. We didn't see much of him in the Dolphins game. I assume we're going to see more of him in these final two preseason games. But, you know, not only is Josh Woodrum uh, not – he's not certain about his role because of Flacco's injury, but now Thad Lewis comes into the picture. He has played well, but I just don't know if he's going to be sticking around. So who, we'll kind of go back and forth. Who's the big bubble player for you as we approach the third preseason game? Well, for me, it's Keenan Reynolds because he's a guy I want to see make the team, but I've seen less and less of a spot for him. You look at a guy who's not making an impact as a wide receiver. He's had one play this preseason worth of note, the 46-yard punt return in the first preseason game. Keenan Reynolds is a guy that I really like, a Navy guy who scored a lot of touchdowns uh, as a midshipman. He was – Really, he's just one of the best guys in terms of people in football. I mean, he's got a great personality. He's incredibly intelligent. He's every intangible you would ever want in a football player. I keep talking about Keenan Reynolds because I'm beating the drum. I want him to make the team. I think the light might come on as a receiver eventually. But until I see him make an impact as a receiver, I don't know that you can put him on the football team. I mean, he's doing good as a gunner on special teams, which I think is kind of getting underlooked. He's doing well. He's doing a lot of different things. But he is – and punt return was good, but he is not making an impact as a wide receiver. I would want to note on Josh Woodrum that I I'd almost be ready to get rid of Mallet because and just keep Woodrum because what's the worst that can happen? You have a bad backup quarterback, you have that anyway. Josh Woodrum has a chance to be good. He, I know he's played against nobodies. I understand that he, he you can't overblow what he's done, but Ryan Mallett is averaging less than five yards of passing attempt. You're getting 13.2, I believe, yards per pass attempt for Josh Woodrum. He's only in, had two incomplete passes. Let him go against the starters if he if he's Ryan Mallett in the third preseason game, you have your answer. Woodrum's your backup, whether you, you know, you're comfortable with it or not. Because if Ryan Mallett's your backup, you're not comfortable. Joe Flacco misses week one. I'd rather have Woodrum out there because at least the Bengals have no idea what to expect. So, and you can, you know, we're going to need a running game and our defense to win anyway. 
So I'm, I don't want Mallett to touch the field of the regular season at all. He's played awful. So just to comment on Woodrum, that's, that would be my guy for backup, but I don't think, I, I'm not sure he even makes the team. Well, let's go back to the bubble player conversation in a second because that leads me perfectly into the next topic, which is should uh, Josh Woodrum get a start over Ryan Mallett in the third preseason game and overtake him for that backup role? I I haven't seen enough of Josh Woodrum. Um, I, I'm leaning more towards Mallett only because of the experience factor. I know we haven't, you know, I know he, does, he hasn't looked good. Um, I think the offensive line and the lack of running game is, is playing a big part in that. I'm not saying Mallett, you know, is this horrible quarterback and it's going to start 16 games and light the world on fire. He's not that guy. Uh, the thing with Josh Woodrum is he's an undrafted rookie. He was signed off the street. I, I just feel more comfortable with a guy that has some experience in the National Football League. Uh, he's been around guys like Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, Ryan, Ryan Mallett has. And I think um, he, you know, if Flacco is possibly missing week one they don't need Ryan Mallett to start that fourth preseason game I think a good thing to do would be to uh, have Josh Woodrum start the fourth preseason game and really get a good idea of where he is in his development um, but then you you come to the uh, the the hard part of whether or not he clears if, if they do decide to part ways with him if he does clear waivers if they would be able to bring him back to the practice squad uh, if he does continue to play well in the preseason but I do see your point um, of how well he's played. I'm not disputing that. I think he's played very well, given the circumstances. But um, I'm just more comfortable having a guy that has experience in the NFL. But I do understand why Ryan Mallett makes you uncomfortable. Oh, I could have just I I could have disagreed more. I, I, I experience that's awful is worse than an experience that is unknown. I I would rather take a gamble on Woodrum. Ryan Mallett is so beyond terrible. You know what? What I don't like about Mallett is not only did he fail in Houston, but Bill O'Brien couldn't stand looking at him. Bill O'Brien was done with Ryan Mallett. And I think that was more than just as a quarterback. I I think he annoyed uh, Bill O'Brien. I don't like Mallett. I think at this point he is not gone forward, he has regressed. You know, Pete Carroll's a fan of saying that uh, the coach of the Seahawks is a fan of saying either you get better or you get worse. There's no saying the same. Well, you know what? I love that expression. And Ryan Mallett is a guy who's gotten worse and worse and worse. He had a huge opportunity to shut this up. The fact that this is a conversation means he shouldn't be our backup quarterback. He was supposed to lock that job up with relative ease. He has not done that. And Woodrum's making good throws. He's he's showing arm talent. He's showing accuracy. It doesn't matter his competition because Ryan Mallett isn't even showing good technique. He isn't showing good accuracy. He isn't showing good footwork. His highlight of this preseason was a one-yard touchdown pass to Larry Donnell in which he took six extra steps and threw it so inaccurately that a wide-open Donnell was not wide open anymore, and he had to catch it on his butt. I'm done with Ryan Mallett. Here's another interesting point. Um, Again, I haven't watched a lot of Josh Woodrum. I don't know enough about the guy. I know he was signed off the street before training camp, and he's played very well. To me, of what I've seen, it appears that he's a scrambling quarterback, not like Michael Vick, but he does like to make plays with his feet, has a couple rushing touchdowns on on his resume in the preseason here. Do you think from 
I mean, just looking at this from a perspective of, you know, RG3 is a perfect example of a scrambling quarterback who, you know, couldn't stay healthy in the NFL and, and now is, you know, looking for, you know, a job because he, a large part because he couldn't stay healthy and his, the style that he plays with doesn't translate to the NFL. I'm not saying Josh Woodrum is RG3, but if if he is going to run around and scramble and, t- and you know, take take shots like he has in the preseason, if the Ravens were to keep him and he ended up actually playing in the regular season, you know, if he's taking all those hits, who know who knows how long he's going to last? I don't, you know, again, I'm not I'm not saying it's going to play out like Saragusa, that. Alex Lewis and John Urschel are no longer in the picture on the offensive line. Ronnie Stanley has been banged up. If you're telling me a quarterback can run, I'm fine with it. Ryan Mallett is so stationary, he makes Joe Flacco look like Usain Bolt. I don't care about the whole, oh, is he a scrambling guy? He's made plays in the pocket. He's made plays in the pocket. He's made plays out of the pocket. Guess what? Ryan Mallett can only make plays in the pocket, and I don't know how much of a pocket he's going to get. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. I'm, I'm not a huge Ryan Mallett fan. I'm just trying to look at this. From oh, a I get it. I'm just but... done. I'm done with Mallett. And that's this has, been, this has been horrible. It's been unbearable. It has not been watchable football. I'm literally watching my favorite team and going, you know what, does this constitute a torture? You know what's funny though is when uh, John Harbaugh comes on after the game and says Ryan Allen played winning football. Yeah, well certainly if Joe Flacco is not back for the regular season, this quarterback position could become a controversy as to who to keep, who to not to keep. Uh, let's go back to some bubble players. I'm just going to run through the rest that I had on my list. Uh, uh, Taquan Mizell, the running back. I'm sorry if I butchered his name, uh, just because of the fact they have uh, you know Danny Woodhead who now is dealing with a hamstring injury. That's going to be something to monitor. Uh, they have Buck Allen. Uh, he's a bubble player. He's going to have to prove himself in the final. Uh, Terrence West, another guy on the roster. He's projected to start. Um, Quincy Adeboyjo and Chris Matthews uh, and Griff Whalen even are some wide receivers that didn't even make my uh, my 53. Or last week we were discussing running backs and wide receivers. I didn't include them on the list. Those guys are on the bubble. Uh, I think Sedarius Smith could be on the bubble with all the young pass rushers they have, both Matt Judon and the guys they drafted this year. And then last I have uh, two defensive tackles, Willie Henry and Carl Davis, who might not only be uh, camp casualties, but honestly should be uh, put on the trade market, not because they're bad players. I don't think that. I just think they have so many depth on the defensive line where they don't on the offensive line. I'm not opposed at all to them trading one of those pieces uh, that are that could be on the bubble on the defensive line to maybe reassure the offensive line at, into the regular season. Well, I disagreed with you and debated you on the last part of this week, completely agreeing on. You pretty much took everything I was going to say, to be honest. Um, and I don't believe in debating for the point of debate. I will say Cedarius Smith is a guy I wouldn't mind seeing going. He's a guy who never played run defense. Uh, I was pretty much done with him against the New York Jets last year when he he tipped a pass with his helmet and he acted like he won uh, Super Bowl <laughs> 51. I mean, it was unbelievable to me. Just he, the next play, he he gets a run right by him. And he doesn't set the edge. I just, I, I don't think that Arius Smith is ever going to be a complete player. And when you have Matt Judon, Tim Williams, Tyus Bowser, and Terrell Suggs, you, you, you have guys that you can put over there if need be. I, I just don't see the point 
in keeping him in the roster roster spot if if it comes down to oh I want to keep this guy but we don't have this no you can you can do that I I think Griff Whalen's a definitely a guy I think Power Card's a guy that I wonder if he's going to make the team he, he could be a fullback he could be a defensive lineman he could be unemployed um, there's a lot of guys in deep positions that are going to have a trouble making the team and. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Stephane Nembot doesn't make the team. He's a guy that needs to show it. Matt Skura, uh, we talked about him starting. Honestly, I don't even know if he makes the team right now. So there, there's some guys here that at deep positions are going to make the team, and then there's guys that just haven't shown me anything. You know, I think what's interesting about the Ravens, um, other outside linebackers that classify as pass rushers, you have, you know, Tim Williams, uh, Zadarius Smith, Matt Judon, who are particularly, uh, I mean, Tim. if I didn't say Tim Williams, that's another one, uh, particularly pass rush specialists. None of these guys, you know, have been classified as players that really uh, have ex- good experience defending against the run, and the Ravens are lucky. Except for Tyus Bowser. Right, and, and that's a name I didn't mention. But the Ravens are very lucky that they have such a strong uh, defensive line because with all these guys that don't have that much experience against rushing offenses and then the combination of Terrell Suggs being 35 years old, I think you know we might see the Ravens struggle to get all these guys on the field because of how uh, pass rush uh, being their specialty. I think that's something to look at. Well, what I don't disagree with that at all. That's a very good point by you. But what I will say is that when you have such a great defensive line and you have C.J. Mosley and Terrell Suggs, your run defense is going to be pretty good. Michael Pierce and Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams, you're not going to get a lot of runs up the middle. So what I think you need to do, you need to you need to stop the run on the early downs. You need to get them in passing situations. You need to stay in sub packages as much as you can. And I mean, we have a healthy battle at the nickel cornerback positions. That's exciting to me because that means we have a healthy depth in the secondary. I'm just completely excited right now by this, the prospect of having the defense with their ears pinned back, ready to get the quarterback. All right. If, uh, if you guys heard my dogs barking in the background, I apologize. Uh, I had them in my room with me because I'm home alone. We are here on the Ebony Bird uh, podcast, episode one. I'm here, uh, Jake McDonald, McDonald 95 on Twitter, and Chris Schistler, footballman58, out on Twitter, and ebonybird.com and ebony underscore bird on Twitter. Our final uh, topic here of the night, we're going to talk about uh, defensive stats in the preseason and if they matter. You know, uh, the Ravens' defense, we've only seen their starters play like a, about a half, maybe less than that, respectively, in both games against the Redskins and the Dolphins. Uh, I think they matter. Um, the games don't necessarily matter, but the defense really has flashed, and they're putting, you know, uh, uh, film samples out. They're putting, uh, you know, plays on tape for the coaches to look at. They're they're going out there balling. Like, I think Brent Urban's a perfect example. Uh, you have Jalen Hill, cornerback as well. Two polar opposites, Urban being a draft pick who finds himself in a contract year, and then you have Jalen Hill, who is an undrafted rookie free agent that's trying to make the ball club. Uh, two polar opposites in terms of their situations, but both playing extremely well. And then like a tandem like Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams, who haven't really played a lot, but you know they've looked just dominant together. I don't think these guys are, you know, trying to get fans all fired up if, you know, being out there one drive on preseason. I think they're really 
uh, even though they know that they're going to start, they're really putting an effort out there to uh, show how dominant this defense can be this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I will say that defensive stats matter in the preseason for this reason. This, the dominance isn't stopping after the first quarter when the starters are out. The dominance is happening late in the games, which means our depth is better than their depth. Our depth is really good. We have guys that could start playing in backup roles, and I think rotation is the key word of the Ravens' defense. You look up front, you're going to have a lot of rotation, fresh legs throughout the game is what that means. You look at outside linebacker, fresh games, of fresh legs all throughout the game. You look at um, the cornerback situation, the fact that we don't know who our nickel corner is going to be is a delightful thing because it's not that we don't have anybody playing well and taking the job. It's that they have people really showing that they deserve the job. Jalen Hill out of Jacksonville State. Unbelievable. I cannot believe how well he is playing in the fact that he's playing so well technique-wise. And it shows you that, you know what, some things are overlooked and some things are underlooked. Technique and skill are horribly underlooked in comparison to flashy numbers and combine. Jalen Hill is a Fed muffin. I can't wait to see him in the regular season be part of the rotation. So defensive stats matter because in the preseason. If the dominance continues throughout the entire game. How great of a story would that be, honestly? I mean, following Tavon Young's torn ACL, he was projected to be a nickel corner this year. If Jalen Hill makes the team and plays well, that'd be an amazing story. It absolutely would. And you know what? Tavon Young was a fourth-round pick. Well, in this past year, he would have maybe been an undrafted free agent. This was a cornerback-heavy draft class, and I think that may be why we find it. We found a gem, uh, a gem in Jalen Hill. I can't talk all of a sudden. We, we found a gem in Jalen Hill, and I can't wait to see – what we have in the future when Tavon Young is healthy and we have Jalen Hill coming up and we have Marlon Humphrey coming up. Not only do we have a good secondary now with Tony Jefferson and Eric Weddle, with Darius Webb as the ultimate insurance policy at free safety and the nickel spot, how good would it be if Jalen Hill, Marlon Humphrey, and Tavon Young end up being the future of a great Ravens secondary. So I'm excited about that. And that's a perfect segue into our uh, taking a quick look at the upcoming Ravens versus Buffalo Bills preseason game coming up against Saturday night at 7 o'clock from MIT Bank Stadium. You can catch it on WBAL, your local NBC station, and stream live game day audio on BaltimoreRavens.com. Uh, that's a perfect segue into this because I have two big storylines on offense and defense. On defense, I'm interested to see how Jalen Hill plays against some starters, you know. And it, it, it is it is going to be kind of uh, maybe not too much of a sample piece because the Bills have no wide receivers. Um, so I don't know how much Jalen Hill is going to be tested. But he get him some first-team reps and see what he does. And then on offense, we uh, it's like beating a, a dead horse every week. How well does Ryan Mount play? How well does Josh Woodrum play? What are these quarterbacks going to give us if Joe Flacco misses time? Yeah, uh, well, to me, is if the Ravens decide to start Ryan Mallett, they're doing what's easy. They're not doing what's right. It, they're not doing what's right. 
if competition matters and one player has outplayed the other, I don't care if it's been against four stringers. He, he's outplayed Ryan Mallett. He deserves the start because you, you keep saying competition matters. If competition matters, Josh Richards should be the guy. So the storyline for me is if Ryan Mallett starts, you're taking an opportunity from Josh Woodrum to show that he belongs not only on the team, but as your backup quarterback. So that's a huge thing. I think it would be wrong for Mallett to start, and I think he will start. Um, when you look at the defense, what I want to see is continued dominance. Uh, this is a dress rehearsal. So I want to see a shutout. I want to see no points until after halftime. Heck, I want to see no points. I want to be this to be a shutout, and I want to see pass rush. I want to see secondary. I want to see run stop. I want to see the complete package because this defense is – this is a dress rehearsal for the defense. It might not be for the offense because the offense, you know, is missing so much right now. But the defense is a dress rehearsal. I want to see what they can do against the Buffalo Bills for a little over two quarters. That's what I want to see. And I will. And one last thing about the offense: when a running back, other than Terrence West, please stand up. Buck Allen hasn't been that impressive. Mizell hasn't been that impressive. None of them have been that impressive. I'm tired of giving. It's like Orioles starting pitching. How 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 bad do they have to do for the commentators to comment how impressive they look? That's a uh, interesting point with the offense. I mean, uh, segue. You know, running game, offensive line go hand in hand. With them adding Jeremy Zuta last week, would you rather them uh, keep Zuta as a backup with Jensen as the center and, uh, like, maybe a traded player that they would eventually get or James Hurst as the left guard? Or would you rather have Zuta as the center and Jensen as the left guard? What are you more leaning towards right now? Honestly, this is going to sound weird. I want them to change the offensive line almost every possession. And then we can see which five in that spot does the best. I think a couple of possessions of Zuta at center is fine. A couple of possessions of Jensen at center is fine. I I I, I like the idea of you don't know what the offensive line is. Let's experiment with that. I think the offensive line is one thing where because they're the five players always on the field, them and the quarterback, they're always on the field. Well, I, I think you don't experiment with it. In the preseason, why not mess around with the offensive line as you find something that works? Because we're on plan Z right now. I mean, who would have thought this many things would go wrong? Certainly. I'm kind of leaning towards Zuta being the starting center. I know he was bad last year. I know he struggled with penalties, but he has starting experience. He, Except for uh, Greg Roman's you know, new running schemes, he knows the offense. He knows working with Marty Morningway. He knows all that. Um, and Jensen's played very well at center. I think, you know, playing guard is probably easier than playing center from both a leadership standpoint and a positional standpoint where you're, I mean, I've never played, you know, I, I haven't played offensive line in my life. I can't vouch, but I would assume that playing guard is probably less stressed than playing center. I wouldn't be As a backup to... center in high school. I will say I played, I played some offensive. I was a defensive lineman. I was I wasn't a great football player. I was the guy who didn't play much. But I will say as a backup center, um center is really difficult because you have to think about way more before the snap and then you have to snap the football. Um so Ryan Jensen not having as much experience in the position, that's that's a valid point for Suta. 
And certainly that will be something to keep an eye out as the Ravens get set to uh, face the Buffalo Bills. I would assume Jeremy Zuta is going to suit up because he uh, he was signed immediately after the Ravens' victory over the Dolphins uh, last Thursday night. So uh, that brings us to the end of the first episode of the Ebony Bird podcast. Uh, Chris, what you want to add anything before uh, we put an end to this episode, put a bow on it? I'll add one thing. The Baltimore Ravens narrative hasn't changed. We have great defense. We have offense that we don't know what we're going to get out of. So that's exciting. The narrative hasn't changed. If you were excited before you got to training camp, you should still be excited about Ravens football. And it is going to be exciting watching the dress rehearsal. I don't know how much of a dress rehearsal it's going to be with half the starters injured, uh, but we'll see how much they play. Uh, probably expect about a half, about probably around there. Once again, you can find us on ebonybird.com, ebony underscore bird on Twitter. I'm Jay McDonald, 95, your host, Jake McDonald, and Chris is footballman58, Chris Schistler, out on Twitter. Uh, once again, enjoy the game this weekend, uh, the dress rehearsal game as the Ravens take on the Buffalo Bills. This is the closest of the actual team uh, we're going to see until they kick off on September 10th in Cincinnati. So for Chris, I'm Jake McDonald. We will see you next week on another edition of the Ebony Bird Podcast.